Welcome back, everybody. You guys are listening to the Down to the Wire podcast. I'm Brian Costa. I'm John Warren. And we have a great show for you guys here today. Uh, you're doing the episode a little earlier uh, again. And before, you know, we do hop into anything, I do have to say, John Warren back on the show again, special guest in the house. How are we doing, man? Thank you. Thank you. We're doing amazing. And if you guys can, uh, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, you can also see that we're in a different location. We're in my basement right now doing this. I came home yesterday, so we're just doing this in a little different location. I kind of like the setup, the Saturdays for, for the boys flag in the background. It's a nice little, it's a nice new look. Yeah. I mean, I like it better than the uh, places, but uh, you know, <laughs> shout out Brian University. Oh yeah, for sure. Always a good time there. Oh dude, we got to get you back on campus. Whenever we can, dude, you're back on. Uh, but Regardless dude, if that's in the trunk of a car or whatnot, we will get <laughs> back in there. Yeah, we will. Uh, but we, you know, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, you know, just a whole bunch of stories, you know, that we unfortunately, you know, weren't able to cover, uh, you know, kind of for, it was kind of for a nice reason. I was able to, you know, for anyone who'd watched our last episode, I was able to be lucky enough to interview uh, future Bryant basketball player, Adam Alita. He came on the show on Wednesday. We had a great interview with him. If, if you haven't checked that out, make sure you do that after this video. But, you know, we were, we weren't able to kind of get into some of the major sports headlines that we talked about, you know, that we usually talk about on the show, but we're going to start things off with that, you know, right now. Uh, and we're going to start in the NFL where apparently Tom Brady is, you know, you know, kind of creating some drama, which, you know, he's created drama in the past, but this is kind of for a little, for a little bit of a different reason here. I don't know if you've seen this story, uh, but you know, the NFL, the NFL actually announced that they're going to be all uh, changing up their Jersey numbers for this year. They're going to allow like receivers and running backs and defensive backs to wear like single digit jerseys. They're kind of just easing some restrictions around the league. I actually posted it down to the wire rewind about this, where me and Robert Shelley of the pesky pole podcast discussed this. Uh, but we kind of talked about this whole about this whole issue and we kind of gave our thoughts on it. Aesthetically, I'm still kind of weirded out by it. But Tom Brady basically fired back on it and he just he really went off. So he went on his he went on his, on his Instagram live story and he and he basically posted saying uh, it's saying that this, this rule is going to make for a lot of bad football. And then in another post, he just flat out called the move dumb. I mean, I, I was surprised that, you know, you know, Brady doesn't really speak out on, on a lot of NFL rules like this, like technicalities and stuff like this. You know, this isn't something you typically see him go after on more. It's, you know, he, a lot of his, you know, rants are more kind of playful and, you know, not really, you know, aimed at the NFL. But this but this one kind of was what were your thoughts when you saw this? Um, I mean, it makes sense for someone like Tom Brady. I yeah. mean, he's not the most athletic guy. So <laughs> mostly most of his stuff is like on calling out numbers like, oh, yeah, number 74 is coming like this guy's this guy, this guy. It's mostly based on calling off numbers. So seeing number five or number three and like who's yeah. supposed to block who and he calls out audibles it's really going to change it up for him at least mm -hmm. no, i agree I, and for a lot of people that's what they're kind of seeing him out of they're seeing out of him i mean tom brady i mean whatever you got to say about him he's a very cerebral quarterback and that is what has made him you know the successful guy that he is across the across the nfl you know with you know he has a great he has a great mind for the game and you know like like you said being able to like read those kind of defenses and do things like that it's what makes the difference. And, you know, just, and, you know, now kind of having a little bit of a switch up. I mean, dude's been in the year, dude's been in the league longer than I've been alive. So when you're doing, when you're doing, when you're doing things a certain way for a long time, it's going to trip you up and it's, you know, not going to be the easiest transition. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's definitely going to be different for him to try to block, like, let's say, um, I know like, um, someone else or like a, uh, a different name that's uh, going to be like a different number. And that's going to be definitely hard and harder to do. But I mean, it makes sense for some skill players to do it. Like seeing Patrick Mahomes in the number five again would be kind of cool. That'd be kind of cool. So for Pat Mahomes, that actually wasn't like even an issue with him. So for quarterbacks, their numbers are staying the same. They they still are limited, I believe, to numbers one through 19. So they so that wasn't an issue. I mean, like, obviously, I mentioned in the rewind, you're not going to see like Doug Flutie 22 running around. You're not going to see any of that, unfortunately. I mean, again, Michigan had a quarterback who wore like the number like seven, uh, like 90 seven in a game and i Kentucky, was like the, yeah uh, exactly you have like quarterbacks lefty, wearing lefty he was uh he was in the 55 or something 55. like that yeah he was up there yeah so i mean you see guys you know you see guys in college you know they're they're able to get away with it because there's no restrictions like that especially since you have to especially just because of the guys that you have on the roster and things like that in college you even have some guys wearing the same number just because of the lack of available numbers so you know things like that do happen uh i I kind of agree with Brady. I mean, I don't know. Eventually, I probably I will get used to it, and I'll just be used to seeing it. It'll it'll take a couple of years, but for Brady, like you know, he's kind of in like the in the home stretch of his career. I mean, I know he wants to play till he's you know basically sixty at this point, but you know, frankly, he is in the home stretch of his career, and kind of seeing a little shakeup right now is probably just irking him. 
Yeah, I agree. Definitely just tossing in something new. And I mean, that's only going to prove if he can really overcome that, that he can adjust. But I think it's going to be hard for not only him, but other uh, quarterbacks as well to kind of identify and realize that the defensive lineman is number nine now. Yeah, sure. Guys like Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben Roethlisberger, they've been in the league, obviously not as long as Brady, but also for a good amount of time as well. And this is going to be an adjustment that they have to make too. Exactly, exactly. It's definitely going to change up the game, but yeah. it's coming with a premium, right? That they have to pay. It is definitely coming with a premium. And thank thank you for uh thank you for helping me out with that one. Uh if if for anyone who if there are any players who do want to switch their number, there is going to be a hefty price to pay for it. So apparently, you know, it this is also a problem that's happened in the NBA with uh LeBron wanting to go to number six when he, you know, after after A D came to after AD came to LA, he wanted to give him number 23 as kind of like a kind of like a gift, I, I guess, and give him number 23. And he would go back to number six, which he wore with Miami. And the, the NBA basically said, in order to do that, you're, you're going to have to buy up all the stockpile of your jerseys that have number 23 for the Lakers on it. And apparently that's what the NFL is going to is going to have all these players do. So if Derrick Henry wants to go back to number two, he's going to have to go out there and buy all the number 22 merchandise. So that way, so that way the NFL doesn't have to deal with like, you know, all that lost revenue. So it, that's kind of putting those guys at a disadvantage. I don't know if like eventually, you know, after like a year or so, like after the stockpile runs out, then they'd allow them to switch. Uh, but you know, it's not, it, you know, it's definitely a, this is definitely a rule that benefits rookies a whole lot more because they're going to be able to, you know, come in and dictate what number they want from the jump. Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely going to be a lot easier for rookies coming in, you know, just to pick whatever number they want rather yeah. than changing it up. So it's also fun, but it's also a little interesting because, you know, I'm going to miss, I think, like just seeing like the regular numbers. It's a little against tradition, but the NFL is yeah. trying to become a fun league, I guess. So this is their twisted version of doing it. Yeah. But... Again, I, I do have a I do have a tough time seeing this uh, transition come to fruition. It's just something that it's something that is going to take a lot of time before I before I do kind of fully adjust and become antiquated with it. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, we saw Derrick Henry before in his rookie season before the regular, like in the preseason, he ended up wearing the number two because he wanted to like hold on to it as long as he could. And eventually he just added another, another number two onto the end of that became 22. And he's very well known for that too now, but, uh, but you know, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see, uh, to see like a Justin Jefferson wearing like a number four or someone like that kind of now making one handed catches and just being like, wow, this is like the pros. Yeah. It's going to be definitely interesting, but also kind of, it's going to be fun and good new change, I think. Absolutely. Uh, also in NFL news, I don't know if you saw this, but, you know, Carson Wentz, who is now the now the now the Colts golden boy, he's going to be the guy that they rely on to, you know, bring to bring Indianapolis another championship. First one, you know, they're, they're, he's going to have to do what Peyton Manning did for them once before. And, you know, before that trade went down, apparently they actually reached out to they apparently reached out to, to their form to their former number one pick, Andrew Luck, one last time before pulling the trigger on the deal and to, and you know bringing Wentz to Indy. They actually reached out to Andrew Luck and they said, "Listen, man, we know you're retired. We know that you like, we we know you we know you're enjoying time with your family and all this stuff. Is there any chance that you want to come back?" And Andrew Luck kind of just looked at them and said, "Guys, I'm done." And frankly, I think that this officially shuts the door on any hope of an Andrew Luck comeback. I know people were saying that maybe he could be the guy that comes to the Patriots and becomes and, you know, and takes over the role that Brady left uh, that Brady left there. But I think this kind of officially shuts the door on the Andrew Luck returning, you know, on any hope of him returning. I mean, maybe there's some maybe there's some hope down the line, but I think this is probably the end of any hope at this point. And it does and it does kind of suck because Andrew Luck had an incredible career in the NFL and injuries really just ruined it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but it really uh, does kind of show you how uh, fast injuries can take a toll on you and playing at such a high level. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, I think it was a smart decision. Like he got so comfortable in retirement, unlike maybe a Rob Gronkowski or someone else that he really just decided it's kind of time for me to like move on with life. There's life after football. Yeah. And Andrew Luck specifically, again, like the injuries, like, like you were saying, they can they can take out anyone, especially even an athlete like Andrew Luck. And like in unlike Gronk, Andrew Luck is a very kind of laid back kind of guy. I mean, I know he could get fired up in a locker room, but, you know, his personality, it doesn't look like there's any inkling of him wanting to come back. When Gronk retired, I thought he was done for sure because you just saw the amount of pain that he was in at the retirement press conference. He thought he couldn't play anymore, but he managed to find that fire again and is now in Tampa doing his thing. I just don't know if Andrew Luck is the type of guy, though, to, you know, look someone in the face and then and and then basically just say and just say kind of, oh, I was joking. I'm back. I'm ready to go now. I think he's done. T.Y. Hilton talked with him. He thought he's done. Uh, I don't know. I just think, unfortunately, this is unfortunately, I think this is the last uh, th that was the last chance of Andrew Luck coming back to the NFL. 
And it looks like it's not going to happen, which is unfortunate because I was really hoping for an Andrew Luck return. Yeah, it would have been nice and it would have been really good. But uh, I mean, he had to do what's best for him and honestly absolutely. for his family. He has a, I'm pretty sure he has a kid now. So yeah, absolutely. He does. <laughs> yeah. So he's, uh, he's building a small family and he definitely has enough money to really just yeah relax and enjoy retirement i guess yeah no. at such a young age you know he he i'm glad for him i'm glad that he's gonna have those opportunities it does just suck though that you know we we you know he retired i believe at 30 or just like just shy of it and it really just it really does stink that you were that we kind of were robbed of maybe another 10 years of of excellence out of him yeah for sure yeah but you know you know, hopefully Wentz can get the job done there. I know he ran into kind of a bit of an issue early with Michael Pittman Jr., you know, where he didn't want to give up his number for, for Wentz, even though I'm just like, dude, like, I'm just kind of like, dude, like, you know, this guy is the, this guy is, you know, the, the guy that this franchise is bringing in to hopefully save you guys. I don't know. I think the first thing that you would want to do would, to, would be like, hey, man, take my number. Uh, l- let's do this thing together. But instead, you know, things kind of got off to a rocky start there where, but, uh, you know, now Carson Wentz is rocking the number two, and it's going to be very interesting to see how they do. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, it really kind of shows it's like uh, the whole Cowboys situation with not kind of defending Andrew uh, Andy Dalton. Yeah. AD <laughs> about that. But, you know, it really uh, it's really interesting. I mean, I have high hopes for Wentz. I mean, it's a good offensive system regardless. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, having Phillip Rivers and then um, right after – having Carson Wentz I mean that's that sounds pretty good to me yeah and, and other guys like Jacoby Brissett as well who were able to you know fill out fill in really well in that system I think Carson Wentz is an amazing uh is how ha- is falling to an amazing opportunity going back with Frank Reich and being able to you know work with the guy that made him the successful MVP candidate that he was a couple of years back uh you know probably I think what is it now like four or five years ago now unfortunately you know yeah. he's now going back with him and you know I think this is a this is definitely the move that, you know, this is definitely the best possible situation for Carson. I hope that he can regain, that he can become what he once was, or at least, or at least a portion of it. And, you know, and, you know, frankly, I'm ready to, ready to see how that works out. Yeah. Me as well. I have high hopes. Yeah. So that kind of covers what we have in NFL news so far, but, and now we're going to transition over to major league baseball and, you know, we'll talk about some actual game stuff going on with the Red Sox in a little bit. Uh, but there was some pretty big news, uh, at least, at least for us, for at least for us so you know john both me and you we're reds uh we are red sox fans but what i was going to say is that we're both xbox users yeah you know big xbox users and for the longest time you know mlb the show has been an exclusive game to playstation for playstation whatever at this point and you know because it's because it's made by sony so this was a game that you know for a lot of for a lot of xbox fans we were not able to have access to it and the only real mlb game that we could have access to was rbi baseball which is a terrible video game it's made by baseball advanced media which if you've stuck around on this show before they're they're you know part of mlb's media company which unfortunately has led to blackouts of MLB games in local cities has, you know, completely just, you know, uh, completely just take drop the ball. No, they've, they've totally dropped the ball. And they're the reason that the reason, you know, there isn't a lot of, uh, a lot of hype behind baseball. There's a reason they're kind of the reason why you can't find too many clips of guys online. Like they are the reason that, you know, I would have to blame for the MLB not doing as well as they are. And, you know, when they tried to put this, when they tried to put this game together, uh it's just it's just falling apart terribly and it it looks i mean i mean i'll give them the credit i mean for what for you know probably the amount of time that they've made it and it's probably not it's probably not as bad as i'm giving a credit for but i mean when you compare it to mlb the show which you know this game doesn't even look as good as like mlb 13 the show like this game like like it's been terrible but finally mlb the show is coming to xbox i downloaded it and i'm loving it so far john you said you're going to be getting it soon yeah um and soon it means and about two hours um, <laughs> yeah. i'm really excited it's been a long time coming had a lot of great memories you know even re- recreating uh the baseball teams we've played on uh going through uh just making fantasy teams of oh, the yeah. red Sox and uh 2013 david price which you know we predicted what is that way now? Eight, back eight when. years ago yeah so i mean yeah it's just it brings back a lot of memories and i'm finally finally glad we can really just hold on and grip onto something as uh xbox users as the console wars are kind of just fading away that we can really just enjoy and value you know america's game exactly exactly and like like you said it's been eight years because the last good baseball game on on xbox frankly uh was mlb 2k 13 and for anyone who can't tell it was on xbox 360 so it has been a long time since we've been able to have a really solid xbox game uh, you know, for baseball, I'm so pumped that we finally that we are finally getting one once again. 
but you know, it's kind of this kind of makes me want to dive into a little bit of a bigger a little bit of a bigger segment uh, before I circle back to MLB the show. What was you know you know thinking of some you know baseball video games growing up? You know, I, I think of Mario Super Sluggers. That was a big one for me. That was a huge one for me. Uh, backyard baseball was a big one Ooh, for me. That's a good one too. That's a good one too. Yeah, for, I had all of them and they were really good. But, yeah, for me it was Mario Super Sluggers only just because. You know, I remember coming down into this very basement and we had it set up on the Wii and we had, you know, the TV over in that corner of the room over there. You guys can't see it, obviously, uh, but we had it set up in the corner. And I remember it was me, my younger brother and my grandfather. We came down here and we just had the Wii remotes and we'd stand up and we were just to be swinging for the fences. He, I mean, my grandfather included, he'd get up and he'd get like a whole stance into it and everything. And, you know, you'd get he'd uh, he'd get up uh, with uh, King K rule or what's his name? I think that's I think it was something like that. I'm hopefully i didn't push it that too bad but you but he'd get up with this guy and you know he'd have like this giant scepter in his hand and he'd go for the swing and you know my grandfather's swing it wasn't even like a full thing through because he has a bad shoulder so he'd just do like a half swing and he'd be like and you know you just watch this thing go and i was like oh my god like that was incredible and you know me and my brother we'd have competitions against one one against one another you know i recently fired it up on uh friends we a couple you know like a couple months back and it was like just bringing back all those sorts of memories uh, you know, that was a game that was really influential on me. Uh, MLB 2K, like MLB 2K was a huge game for me too. Cause again, all the created uh, teams that we were able to do, we were able to make some of our Babe Ruth teams that we played on. I, yeah. mean, I mean, me and you, we, I, we put each other on a Red Sox team uh, that I believe now has probably like eight championships, like in the in that dynasty I've built with them. Like we're, we're, we're really good. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we were way too good. We had our own murderers row 2.0. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it was taking place in Boston. Uh, that, that, so that's about a hundred years later. Exactly. So that's what I was missing so much when it came to so much when it came to baseball games. And finally, finally, we're getting an MLB game that is going to, that is going to show that again with, with, uh, with the show 21, uh, it's, it's from what I've seen so far, it's been, it's been incredible. The intro with Fernando Tatis Jr. You'll see it soon when you, when you buy it, the intro is sick. Like yeah. it's just, it's just him like with all his walk-offs and like a bunch of other stuff tied into it. That's, that's a game that I'm really going to be excited to really spend some time into going to really like doing the franchise mode there, yeah. it, the stadium creator. I don't know if you've seen that, but like, that's kind of cool. That's yeah. really cool. So I'm going to be excited to play around with that too. So, uh, you know, it's about damn time that we have a baseball game that, you know, that we can finally enjoy again. And I cannot wait to get involved with it and, and play against you, man. Yeah, I mean, honestly, round of applause for Sony for really just shout out. For, Thank uh, you so much us. to Sony. Yeah, no, it was the, this was the biggest thing that we needed. And I'm so glad that they're doing it. I know. It's a sigh of relief. Yeah. So, so you know, now going back to, you know, modern baseball and regular baseball news in the real world. Uh, the Red Sox, the Red Sox are actually surprisingly, uh, actually surprisingly decent this year. They did lose last night and we will get into that. Uh, but, you know, you know, so far they've actually they've surprised a lot of people. They dropped that first series against the O's and everyone thought they were dead. They, they were dead at the moment. Luckily, I didn't have a show until a couple of days later when they swept the when they swept the Rays and it kind of got back into it. So I would have looked really stupid, you know, like a lot of guys if I had gone on and done that. Uh, but, you know, they've actually looked pretty solid so far, you know, and frankly, they're a very likable team. I don't know about you. Yeah, I definitely do. I love the cart. Um, JD is finally hot again. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Uh, Bogarts is playing out of his mind right now. Yeah. And, you know, Verdugo. Like 400. I know. I know. Uh, Verdugo is doing great. Verdugo, you see that guy with the sign. Verdugo Red the, Sox. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. You know, that is, you know, there's so many likable faces on this Red Sox team. And yet there's one face so far that has that I unfortunately cannot get behind and has just, you know, repeatedly start repeatedly pissed me off. And that is Garrett Richards. Not only is he just not only does he suck, but he's also just like very arrogant about himself. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Have you seen like have you seen this guy so far? I see him a little bit. I mean, I'm, it's really early on, so I'm going to give him some time yeah. to, you know, like kind of get adjusted. That's I mean, everyone's uh, kind of theory. I mean, the Mariners are super hot as well right now. Yeah. Seattle's like 13 and something or whatever. They're still not going to make the playoffs, though, because, you know, they're, they're just that cursed franchise. They haven't made it since I was born. I know. It's awful. And then there's the Yankees. You know, Aaron Judge is literally batting the worst in the league. Which oh, is yeah. It's kind of funny. Oh, yeah. He's doing terrible. <laughs> but, you know, with, uh, you know, with with Garrett Richards, man, I don't know what it is. I mean, I mean, I felt so terrible because I was at I was at the game where he actually had that terrible injury when he was on the Angels like 
Brock Holt, like, you know, Brock Holt feel, like hit a ball and he ended up like rolling over first base and he had like this terrible knee injury. So I've, so I've had sympathy for Garrett Richards because he actually got really injured at Fenway Park and I was there to see it. But man, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's just the way he handles himself or what it is, but I just don't know how I feel about him as I just don't know how I don't I just don't know if he fits Boston because you know he came in he got in his first start of the year he he ends up like I forget how many runs he lets up but he doesn't even make it two innings and he goes out to the press conference and, and tries to and tries to argue that he pitched well when it's like no man you had a terrible day just kind of just pack it in and, and just and just say hey I'm gonna get ready for the next one I had a rough day I'm gonna do this and in his latest press conference the game started late due to weather and they ask him and, and he and he basically says uh and he and he goes on air and, and and says and says, well, actually, I didn't have to pack a jacket until this year, and you know that was something that I had to make an adjustment to. And I'm just like, I'm just like, man, where the hell did you think you were playing this year? Like, did you think you were in like Miami or whatever? Like, this is Boston. It's gonna be cold until like, like even in May. Like I remember last year, you it was know, snowing yesterday for those uh, listening out of state. Exactly. So you know, I, I, last year it was like May 18th, and I remember I look out the window and I see flurries coming down. So, dude. Prepare for the cold because, you know, when, you know, when, in the early spring, you know, late fall, it's going to be freezing here. So, you know, he should he should have known better, I think, for that. But, uh, you know, with, I mean, the thing for him, too, is like, you know, you know, there have been plenty of guys that have come through like here that have, you know, you know, pissed a lot of fans off, like just about like the way they've talked about things like David Price is a guy that, you know, kind of angered a lot of guys. I, I remember like hearing about I remember people talking about him and they you know, and just as a, as a guy, they, they didn't know how they felt about him, but as a pitcher, he was great. I mean, you know, until he, and I mean, there was that whole spell when he couldn't like win in the postseason, but he did eventually get that monkey off his back. Uh, but you know, at least David Price could win. And like, he was solid and like, he did all this stuff. And like, there were, there were kind of like guys like that here who, who kind of like really irked you, but they were able to make up for it by being good. Garrett Richards isn't good. So that, so, so that's where I'm saying, like, that, that's where I'm He's saying. Never been the same, honestly, since that. No, he hasn't been the same since 2014. Regardless if it's a mental thing or not. Exactly. And you know, the thing that pisses me off is that you know this guy's up in the majors right now, making 10 million dollars a year. But we have Tanner Haug who is an incredible prospect for us. And he's in, he is in, uh, he's in Worcester right now, just basically, you know, just getting, just getting reps down there. Where I'm like, where I'm like, man, just get this guy up here. And I know why they're doing it. It's because of arbitration. And if you keep a guy down in the minors until a certain date, then you then you essentially get an extra year of uh, extra year of kind of of being able to negotiate with him. So I get it on that aspect. But man, when this guy is this terrible, I don't know. You got to do something, man. Yeah, unless it's really, unless you know they really, really, really need him. I think they're honestly just gonna like stay at least on the path for a little bit until that. Uh, date you were talking about yeah which makes the most sense financially but i mean i don't know i'm kind of i know uh as a uh, boston sports fans we win a lot but i'm kind of in a win now type of mode yeah i feel that <laughs> <laughs> you know after the seasons after the year we had last year i'd definitely like to see some some serious winning going on here and you know try to put the best product on the field you could uh but you know another name on the red sox that you know i'm not really that favorable favorable over right now is uh josh taylor he's a reliever for us if you if you haven't heard about him before and you know i i don't know if people are trying to pen this guy to be the next andrew miller or what they're trying to have him be but you know man he is just like he's just a guy and i don't and for some reason cora and all these guys are putting him in big games that he doesn't deserve to be in i was watching the game against the blue jays where he was in and i believe it was the top of the ninth or like eighth or something like that and he's and he's on the mound and you know, he's just walking guys left and right. He's letting up big hits. And, you know, it went from being like a four, three game, I believe in the eighth or ninth to then when the Red Sox got up, it was a three run game. So it was the difference. So he ends up letting up like two big runs and, or he, I think he let up three because, or so I'm, I'd have to, I have to go back and look, but he goes out there and he really just, you know, has no clue of what he's doing. And because of that, the Red Sox end up going on, end up going on to lose that game because, you know, you know, they just weren't able to come back from that even though in that ninth inning, you know, they started off with a leadoff single, which in a one run game, that's a completely different, that's a completely different game plan. You start, you start off like that. Maybe you get a nice pinch runner on base, try to try to force yourself into scoring position. And then who knows, then maybe they, maybe the batter gets in, maybe the batter gets in their head a little bit more and, and, and says, Hey, we have a chance to really do, we have a chance to really kind of, you know, get back into this thing right here. I really got to gear up for this instead of, instead of saying, Oh, well, like, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not gonna be able to make up for all these runs here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's kind of tough. Yeah. And like, honestly, I don't really know. I think he's just trying to challenge and push these people early on to really yeah. see who he has. Yeah. I know, um, at least, uh, 
uh, just relating this back to what I play in uh, college football, we do that all the time. And like yeah. earlier games or earlier practices, you put kids where an uncomfortable situation is to try to see if they handle the pressure. Yeah. Because well, pressure makes diamonds. And oh, yeah. That's the saying. <laughs> and so I kind of understand what he's doing there from a coaching aspect. But I mean, if it's not really working out, I think you have to kind of change it up. But I think uh, take your time, do it a little bit. And then hopefully sooner rather than later, they kind of figure it out because you don't want to wait too long and then you miss your opportunity. You know, I understand it, too. And it still is April. So, you know, I feel like these guys are still kind of using these games to, to be let to kind of see to kind of see like, hey, down the stretch, who is going to be the guy that I go to in the clutch? Like, who's going to? Yeah, be I guy? say like he's probably going to do this until like around like the end of May. Yeah. And then you're really going to find out who are the real stars. At yeah. least I would, at least because you're going to hit that little prime like that. Yeah, a good sweet spot in yeah. the middle of the season. End of May, June. I mean, obviously, like you know, teams can come, teams can fl- teams can come alive like after the All Star break and make incredible runs. But you know, by the end of May, June, you have to have a clue, at least a better, at least a solid clue of of who you want to roll with in that rotation. Yeah, definitely, I agree with that one. Yeah, uh, and then you know, another thing that about the Red Sox, uh, you know, if you didn't watch last night's game, uh, they ended up going to extras, and you know, this is a rule that I just cannot get behind, frankly. Uh, the, 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 you know, for anyone who hasn't seen it, MLB is in, has implemented some new rules where they're starting extra innings with a runner on second base, uh, for each team. Like when you come on the field, you're starting with a guy on second base and the Red Sox and the Red Sox, you know, fell into this position where they go to extras and the Mariners start with a runner on second base and lead off single in the ninth leads to leads to that run scoring. And immediately the Mariners are up. And, you know, eventually later on in the inning, Mitch Hanniger hit a home run to right field and that and that kind of put the end of them kind of put the end of their night and kind of sealed the deal for them there. But I don't know, like I get the idea of, of trying to get a little more offense into the game and make the game speed up quicker. But I personally feel for but I personally feel that, you know, for the longest time where a home field advantage was, you know, something that existed. I feel that when you start off with when you start off with a runner in scoring position, you know, to start extra innings, I feel like it's more just benefiting the away team than anything. Cause if that away team, you know, gets started with a rally and, and does it early, then, you know, the home team is going to have to say, Oh, all right, well, we're down now. We, now we have to actually retaliate because like, you know, if you start off with, if you start up with, with, if you start off with the base is empty and you kind of, and you know, you get through it and, you know, you, you let that sort of thing happen then then it plays through but if you can you know have a one two three inning and get through it then then i don't know i feel like i feel like they're like you can go into that next inning you know on offense and be ready to hit when you start off like this though i don't know it's just a very it's just a very odd situation because i feel like it does benefit that away team at initially because they are coming up to bat first yeah i agree um Sorry for that kind of elongated explanation i was trying to just figure out the way to best put it into words yeah yeah i mean for you guys who don't know, I mean, like they kind of just put in that rule and it's it's a little it's a little finicky. I mean, I did. It doesn't really make a lot of sense other than trying to speed up the games in order to, you know, attract a bigger fan base. But like for uh, people like me and Brian, who really just I, know, I like, like the I like I, sitting I, down, enjoying the game, letting it. Kinda... And listen, I mean, I, mean I, I get it. I got it. I understood it for the 2020 season where, where I was like, hey, with COVID, we just want to get these guys on and off the field as quick as possible. Yeah. Like and again, still with COVID this year, still being a problem. I can I can understand it. But, you know, frankly, when we're back to 100 percent capacity in stadiums, when, when COVID is eventually behind us, I don't I you know, I'm. I am very skeptical that the MLB will, will, will say, Hey, we're going to go back to the way we, to the way things were. Cause I just don't think that they're going to do that. They're, they're, this is a testing ground for them, for them to, you know, implement this. I don't, yeah. I feel like this is something that they're going to try to keep around where I just don't like, I, I just don't think it should. And I Frank, I think it's just a disgrace. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go as far as saying it is as a disgrace, but I mean, I definitely see why people would be mad, but I also understand why they're trying to, you know, bring in a younger crowd. Yeah, no. I see it on both aspects, both sides of the the green there. But yeah, no. I mean, personally, for me, if it's like you know just the way it was or the way it is now, I'd go the way it was because it's worked for so long. I mean, absolutely. That's, I agree. I mean, that's that. how it worked for so long. And the home uh, field advantage thing. I mean, I completely get where you're saying that from. Because and, and I, I know, and, and I know, then the home, I know the home team too will get to start with a runner in scoring position. But if the away team is starting off like that and you get a runner in scoring position and they score, well, guess what? I mean, th- now the home team is in a tough spot too. I mean, I mean, I, I get it. You have a runner in scoring position, but you know, now you're down. So it's like, like if like the game was tied in the ninth and you had a guy on scoring position, then, and you leave him, it's like, okay. But you know, like now you go into that ninth inning and yeah, you could have a guy there, but, but you know, like, Hey, 
if three outs come, now we're going to lose instead of this thing being tied. I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. It's it's a it's definitely a situation that that I could go back and forth on, but right now I'm definitely not a fan of it. Yeah, I mean, as of last night, I wasn't a fan of it either. Yeah, no. But, <laughs> but, well, I, and, and again, I know it's a. I know, I know when, when it's going to be like, well, when, when the Red Sox win, doing it, you're, you're going to like it. I mean, I mean, sure. I, I mean, like, I mean, there, I mean, there's definitely the chance of that, but I mean, but I mean, I'm just seeing, I'm only seeing the negatives of it right now, and I mean, hell, if if, if I went the other way and I'm a, and I'm a Mariners fan, I would have been pissed. If, yeah. If, if, if the Red Sox are at Safeco Field and this happens, or or whatever the Mariners field is named now, I don't even know. AT&T or whatever it is now but if I was at that field and that and I and I was a Mariners fan that happened to me I'd be pissed but I don't know yeah I agree I mean it's definitely something that's uh should be subject to change but I mean at least I like how they're trying out a couple new things I mean regardless if we like them or not they're trying to make the game better so that's all you can really ask for I hope I hope that I like your optimism there I'm usually not like that when it comes to pretty much a glass uh half full type of guy I like to do that, but when it comes to Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred, I'm just completely on the opposite side of the fence. I have no faith in these guys and actually doing anything right that I just don't really think they can do it. And, you know, again, like like I I I hope I wish they could, but you know, just seeing the way Manfred and this entire this entire, you know, organization has handled things, you know, since he took since he took office, my uh my faith is pretty low. Yeah, I mean it's kind of tough yeah. for him. Uh but that kind of covers what we have in baseball news. And, you know, this and not, now we'll transition over into uh, MMA. So we were going to talk about this during uh, during my Wednesday show before, you know, I agreed to do the interview with Adam Alita. Uh, but and now this is like a, a week old event at this point. But, you know, for anyone who but for anyone, anyone who didn't see it, Adam Alita, oh, not Adam Alita. We did the interview with Adam Alita, but uh, Jake Paul and Ben Askren, uh, they had their boxing match this past Saturday. You, me and uh, and our friend Pat Edwards, we were here watching it on my TV. We went out to went out to go grab some, grab some food beforehand. We came back here. We're watching on the TV and man, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll disappointment. Talk. Definitely disappoint- disappointment. I mean, it was a disappointment, not just in, not just in the, not just in the result, but the entire pay-per-view kind of just sucked. Yeah. I mean, we may or may not have paid for it. But <laughs> yeah. We may or may I not want my have. money back. Regardless. Oh yeah. We def- I definitely want my money back as well. You know, it just, it was just, it was just such a weird, it was just such a weird event. I don't know. I mean, Shout out, I guess, to to Ben, I guess, for even doing it. But yeah. I mean, he came in there completely unprepared. Oh no, he, he came in completely unprepared. He's a wrestler. I mean, and you know, before I do want to speak on speak on that whole issue itself, you know, it just felt like we paid for a music concert. It did not feel like it did not feel like a premiere. Which in no way, event. I I mean, no Justin Bieber slander over here. He killed it. But oh yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not slandering Justin Bieber. I'm not slandering the artist. But you know when you're coming into it, like you're you're trying to see some fights and you're trying to see some you're trying to see some brutal knockouts. I know beforehand, you know, uh, before the uh, before people were saying that uh, Ben Askren took a dive, there was there was that guy in the fight beforehand where he kind of took a phantom punch and he just went down and he had to get gurneyed out of there. I don't you remember seeing that? Yeah, I completely forget them too. But they they had a high record, both of them. They both yeah. were Ben experienced fighters. So yeah. I mean, that was definitely interesting to see. And also, it's even more interesting to see that uh, Dana White's going to start apparently sending lawsuits towards Jake Paul if he keeps fighting MMA people. Really? And other people, because that's his, like, crowd. Because he's been reaching out to people in MMA and the UFC saying, hey, I'll box you. And Dana White technically has uh, jurisdiction yeah, over and he that. Yeah, so. he has rights on their fighting stuff. Apparently, he's been doing that. But Dana White's like, why don't you just fight a real boxer? So no, hopefully, he, yeah, Jake Paul finally gets the uh, message and... Even if it's like an amateur or someone else, like, and you know, again, for anyone who didn't see the result, Jake Paul absolutely walloped Ben Askren. So, you know, I mean, he originally went, went with an over, with an overhead, right. And, you know, he missed. And, and I feel like, I feel like at that point, Jake, Jake Paul, Jake Paul in his mind, he, he knew that he had bad Askren where he wanted if he did the yeah. exact same move again. Yeah. And he went right back to that overhand, right. And he clocked Ben Askren. A lot of people think Ben Askren I mean, took Jake a Paul's what, like 5'11"? No, nah, Jake Paul's like six two. Is he really? Yeah, Jake Paul's like six one or something. Really? I'm gonna look this up real quick. Yeah, no, Jake, I don't. Jake I thought like, he was like five eleven. Nah, he's like he's like six two. I mean, again, that's only like a couple inches or so. But you know, uh, but you know, he he goes for that overhand right. He misses the first time, but he knew he had Ben Askren right where he wanted, and he goes right back to it, and he absolutely clocks him. I mean, Ben went down hard, and you know, a lot of people are asking are are you questioning. Yeah, he was six one. Yeah, and Ben Askren was uh five eleven. Yeah, so, so I mean, yeah, so. You know, I mean, there is a little bit of a height advantage for Jake, but you know, 
Uh, and I'll get, I'll talk about Ben a little in, in a sec, but you know, a lot of people are, are, are wondering whether Ben Askren took a dive and kind of, and, and kind of, you know, just took the fall on purpose because he was going to get the money. I, I saw an interview he did where, where he said, where he literally just said, I was doing this money. I was doing this for the money. Number one reason. And then for like other reasons in general, he mentioned it. Uh, you know, a lot of people are, a lot of people are saying that he took a dive. I don't think he did because, you know, if you look back at Ben Askren's uh, fighting career, he was the type of guy that came out and, and said, hey, I don't need to punch guys to get him out. I can wrestle guys and I can win that way. And, you know, for a long time, he was an Olympic wrestler and he did win that way for and he did win that way for a lot of for a lot of his career. But I kind of knew coming to the boxing, if you looked at his stand up game just in the MMA, it was non-existent. Like he literally was always hands up. He would try to just block guys and immediately go for the takedown. He had zero stand up game. So I think that. So I do think that it cost him in the long run for sure. I mean, it cost him in this. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about one of those uh, times it cost him in a sec, but you know, but I mean, you think about it and you know, I, I don't know how a lot of people didn't see this uh, result more clearly because you know, what people are going to say, he's an MMA fighter. He should, he should have like killed him. You know, that was never Ben Astrid's game. He, sh- he like, you know, he was always a wrestler and you know, he, he prided himself on being just a wrestler. Yeah. I mean, Pride has to come with a lot of it. Oh, yeah. All of us are kind of making fun of Jake Paul. Well, at the end of this, he revenated like, what, $75 million? Yeah, he he got so much money from this. And so did Ben Askren. He did. Trailer did. Everyone else did. You know. And now his brother is going to be fighting uh, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, we'll talk. I'll talk about that with you in in just one sec. Uh, But then for Ben Askren, too, uh, you know, uh, so people were saying all this stuff about him. I don't think he took a dive. I mean, I also don't think he was taking it that seriously because I guess like before the fight, he was like talking about like Bitcoin's like price going down. He's like playing disc golf with his buddies. He really did not care about it like that. So I don't think that I don't think that this was the biggest. Uh, I don't think this that he was taking this thing completely seriously. I mean, I'm not saying that he wasn't like going into it as a fighter, but, you know, I think he was just saying, hey, whatever the result is, if this like he even said before the fight, if Jake Paul is a good boxer, he'll beat me. Like, so he knew, like, he knew what he was getting into going into it. So I don't think he took a dive. I just think that Jake Paul, you know, just now needs to face a legit boxer. I don't think, I think he does too. Yeah. No, he, at needs- the end of the day, he really does, regardless if that's like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, regardless if that's like, uh, I don't, I, I guess what well, I guess one guy they're po- they're pointing out is uh, Tyson Fury's brother Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury. Uh, that would be really good. They're saying that they're saying that uh, Jake Paul might want to face him like on the same night that his brother. Uh, that that Tyson, I don't know if it'd be Wilder three or if it would be uh, facing Anthony Joshua, uh, but you know apparently they want to maybe like do some do some kind of fight matchup where it's like the tight where it's like the Tyson Fury fight and then have Jake Paul as like one of the uh, as one of the undercard main events. Yeah, I mean that would be definitely cool to see some of those. And, but and you know you have the you have the Fury brothers fighting on the same night. That'd be cool. That'd be very. That would cool. be very nice to see the Fury brothers. They're both very 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 talented. Yeah, and Tyson Fury is an Tyson Fury is an, is just a specimen of a human being. He's literally like the height of LeBron, but he's just built like uh well LeBron. Yeah, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's just a freak in nature. Uh, but that would be a fight I'd like to see. Uh, see him face off against Tommy Fury. Uh, Who would you have in that one? I mean, you know, Jake Paul's actually really surprised me. He looks like he is very grounded he's in his taking game. it very seriously. He is taking it regardless very regardless of all the jokes. He takes this very seriously. He takes it in, yeah. So he does take it very seriously. And like I you could even see in that fight, like he was kind of and I haven't seen a lot of Tommy, knew what he was doing. Yeah, and I haven't seen a lot of Tommy Fury uh boxing just in general. But I feel like if it's anything like his brother, I feel like then Jake Paul could just get absolutely just thrown <laughs> around the ring and it could actually just be really ugly. Everyone wants to see him fall, which a- is kind of ev- funny. Everyone does. So everyone will pay to see him fall. So yeah. If he wins, the pay side is always on the up because yeah. everyone he wins all the bets. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing though. He for Jake Paul, like I for what we can tell, he has a very nice right hook and he, you know, his offense seems to be fine. Uh, the thing though, is that, you know, it doesn't look like his defense has had to be tested it at all. Like in yeah. this fight, like you, you, you can look, definitely throw a punch, but the thing is, like, is yeah, can he take a punch? Exactly. You look at his fight against, uh, it's like, so it was Nate Robinson, it, it, like oh, I'll mention the Nate Robinson, but, uh, his first fight, it was against this guy. His, his name was like, his name was like a Neeson give. Like this guy li- literally came into the ring. He's like squatting. Like as he's like going at him, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, this guy is a joke. And Jake Paul beat him in the first round. And then Nate Robinson, his entire attack was just like the bull rush Jake Paul. And, you know, all, all Jake had to do was kind of just like brush him off. And like, that was the end of that. And then with Ben Askren, you know, he really didn't look like he had, he didn't really look like he presented any offensive threat to him either. So, you know, the big question is just like, what kind of defensive game does Jake Paul have? That's the big question for him at this point. Cause you know, the offense is there. Like if he can get, if he, if he has a shot, then he'll, then he can maximize on it. But you know, it doesn't look like he's had to use his defense so far. So that is still a question mark. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, 
also um as as those uh kind of right after the fight calling uh saying that the ref called it early it really wasn't called early because if you really watch the replay afterwards he was stumbling he after was stum- that hit. He, he was stumbling and the thing too that he grabbed uh, onto the ropes like yeah no he, he he was done for uh but you know just in general that entire event was, was just a big letdown again whether we paid for it or not Big, uh, big letdown. I definitely You'll never know if we paid for it or not. Either, guys. <laughs> we, we, we definitely just want our money back. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, you know, another event that, you know, we may or may not pay for, uh, uh, will be happening this weekend. It'll be UFC 261 and it'll be, uh, Kamaru Usman, uh, uh you know, re- having his rematch fight. And it'll be a rematch title fight against, uh, Jorge Gamebred Mazadal. I am very excited for this fight. I've been yeah, seeing... we're watching that one together. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I've been, I've been seeing Mazadal come into this one. And man, he is just fired up. Uh, you know, it is, it is. You know, he's just been. You know, he looks like more. He looks more passionate than ever. And I know, you know, for a lot of UFC fighters, that it's like, well, they always have passion. Frankly, Hori Mazadal. This guy's all, on a mission. Hori Mazadal always looks like he's ready to run through a brick wall, but he looks more passionate than ever at this point. I mean, he came into this fight, and you know, he. I mean, like, there's been some hijinks going around already, but. Uh, Chad Ochocinco like crashed their press conference, and, and he went up to and he said to Mazadal, "How can I know that? How can I?" how can I know I can put my money on you? And Jorge Maswell just looks at him and, and just says, I'm going to take this man's soul. And he, and he just said, I'm going to crush him. So I am really excited to see if Jorge Maswell can dethrone Kamaru Usman. I love Usman as a fighter too. Cause you know, he's, he kind of, he's, he's a very like intelligent guy because of just what he's able to, you know, get out of fighting. Uh, if you look at the story of him with his dad, uh, you know, getting out of prison and stuff like that too, he's faced a lot of adversity there too. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, so, you know, it's been a very, it's been a you know a very you know two very two very likable fighters that I that I do enjoy watching, uh you know I we were bringing up uh we were talking about Ben Askren he was uh he got his ass whooped by uh by uh Jorge Masvidal a couple of years back when he when he threw a flying knee into his face it was an absolutely brutal attack on him yeah five second knockout you know the quickest in UFC history honestly it was probably sooner just due to the fact that it, the ref it had to call it it was around three they they called it once he was on the ground he started punching him that's when they called it but. He was out, but he was out like the second that knee connected with him. Yeah, there was really no respect. I mean, as soon as the knee connected with him, he was out, and then they keep punching him. So there was no respect. The guy oh, did not care. No, he there, he did not care. But I am so excited to see this fight this weekend. I'm I'd like to see Masvidal Masvidal get it because he's getting up there in age now. I think he's around the same age as Askren. So this would be his probably like last chance to really make a solid shot at the title. So I'm hoping he could do it here and you know and you know hold that title and. And get that chance. So go out as a champ. Exactly. That would be nice. I mean, I don't think he'll be going out after this, but I'd like to see him at least, you know, get to that height. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but uh, you did mention it uh, before we do end up transitioning over to the NBA. You did you did mention it uh, along with Jake Paul. Logan Paul is going to be getting back in the boxing ring as well. You know, he his only two boxing matches were are against KSI. And I don't know if you ever watched the first one. They were like in full pads. Like they, like they, like it was like, it was like a, uh, it was like a high school boxing match. Cause like, it was like doing like in a, in like a gym class or something like it was not professional whatsoever. They were like wearing all like this protection stuff on their faces. Like the gloves weren't 10 ounces and they, and then their second fight, they did come out and everything was like regulation and KSI ended up beating Logan Paul somehow with Logan Paul with no wins and, you know, a draw that was like questionable He's getting he's getting the chance to fight against Floyd Mayweather. I believe that's happening June third or so. I believe it's happening in June. It just yeah. it just got announced that it's happening officially. Yeah, Logan Paul is going to have to stay under. It's going to have to stay at one ninety at least. And then uh, he's been grinding. No, he's been grinding too. And then Floyd Mayweather has to stay at one sixty. So I, I th- that's that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh boy. Yeah. So I mean... so he's so he's giving him that kind of an advantage. And and you know very drastic for those guys, and I think that may have to do a little more with their height though. Yeah, the height difference. I think that's just. Kind I mean, of... Logan Paul's six two, and then... Floyd Mayweather is five eight. Yeah, so I, I just looked that up by the way. Yeah, um, what we were looking up the uh, Jake Paul, but yeah, yeah, I mean. Floyd should definitely win, and if Floyd doesn't win, I mean, the it's, only thing you can really say to defend him is age. Yeah, no, it's definitely his age. I mean, he's forty three now. If I, I think he's forty four. I mean, Could you know, be, he's yeah. up, I mean, he's up there in age at this point. And I mean, frankly, frankly, I, 
I, I got I mean, I got to give it to him. I mean, if this if this was his first loss, so that's got to suck. You lose to some YouTuber after you've beaten guys. You beat Conor McGregor, who came here out of the UFC, trying to trying to beat you. You, you knock him, you take him down in ten rounds. You take out Manny Pacquiao. You take out all these great fighters throughout your career, and then this YouTuber comes along and beats you. I don't think Floyd's gonna let that happen. Yeah, I I mean, I he's he's the greatest Floyd's the he, the greatest defensive fighter of all know? time of all time. He's the greatest defensive fighter that that's ever other had. than probably Ali, but like yeah, but Ali was just great all around. So that's why people don't throw him in like that. So I think when you look at specifically defense, that's why they talk about that's you talk about Floyd. Yeah. I mean, Ali defensively. I mean, you think of him, you think of him doing the rope and dope and all that stuff like yeah. that. So, I mean, you know, all around Ali was special. Uh, and but, you know, uh, Floyd's also just a Floyd is also just an amazing specimen. Uh, but, you know, just seeing that's going to be an interesting fight to talk about. I'm going to be talking about this a lot more on Wednesday when, when we when I have uh, Steve Mushorn on the show to discuss some of these this, discuss this fight weekend and a lot of that stuff in general. Uh, but that kind of covers what we have in UFC news. So we're going to go before we do go down to the wire, we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA and then we'll send you guys away on your weekend. Uh, so real quick, uh, you hear about the uh, the super the Super League? Oh, yeah, true. I, I actually meant to talk about that. Uh, you know, dude, the Super League holy- it got shut down real quick. Yeah, but I mean, holy crap. yeah. So for anyone who didn't know, like a bunch of like big, big like soccer teams in the Champions League, the Premier League, they wanted to get together and they wanted to form like this kind of team. They wanted to form like this league where, you know, they would just compete by they, they would just compete against each other and they would make a ton of money. Yeah. And, you know, so basically the whole aspect of it was cutting out the little teams and pretty much pay to win yeah. pretty much as like uh most of the uh american owners were all for it yeah and frankly you know looking at this from the beginning when i was just hearing the when i was just hearing the beginnings of it not understanding that like not understanding like, the you the, got the stuff behind 400 it. million dollars just to even be in it you're yeah. given 400 million yeah well i re- well, so here's the thing i didn't originally understand why what like the whole reason behind it was or like you know all the backlash originally and when i heard about it originally i was like i was like oh wow you're gonna have like this kind of like super team league where like all the best players are competing against each other like you know the entire the, their entire season in my mind i was i was, I was like that's kind of sick like you're gonna be able to see like all these star all, all these star matchups and like i was like i was like you know from the outside as like as an american just looking at it not knowing a ton about soccer frankly i don't know anything about it and i don't really like the sport but you know just the prospect of it i was like i was i was like oh shoot this is like this is like seeing like a bunch of all-star teams like match up against each other this is really cool but then but then when i realized all the stuff about you know cutting out these little teams and doing all the stuff like that i was like i was like oh wow i do understand why you know why people are really against this yeah it completely ruins the aspect of soccer yeah well, football yeah, but, it's, it's soccer i can't call it football i'm sorry i yeah, I, I know states sorry I, fellas. I know that's what it's called worldwide but yeah and then i saw and you know originally when i see like fifa and all these organizations coming out and and saying and yeah say, the and world saying cup that, like, said that if you join the league you won't be able to play like yeah no so, so many people so yeah so, it, so so when i'm seeing that i'm I, I was originally seeing it through through the lens of uh through the lens of fifa kind of being greedy with their money and like doing stuff like that and I was like, I was like, they're really going to punish players for something like this. And I was like, I was like, that's kind of egregious. But when I do understand it, I, I can understand where I can understand where football fans or frankly, soccer fans, sorry, are going to be mad at this decision. Uh, you know, it's it, I mean, it, it has fallen apart. It's gotten a lot of it's gotten a lot of uh, it faced a lot of backlash from people, which I was surprised about that. You know, so many that so many teams could that uh, just an entire fan base like that could, you know, impact could impact these, you know, multi-million dollar teams. uh deals i mean frankly even billion dollar teams deals uh the fact that this happened was was incredible to was just remarkable to see you know just in the height of everything going on to see this kind of backlash was crazy yeah. uh and one guy in general who is faced who faced a lot of backlash with that was uh red sox owner john henry yeah <laughs> uh, he was all for it man. oh yeah no he owns liverpool and you know frankly i have i've had my disagreements with john henry lately as to you know i i was kind of angry at the way that this team was built originally and seeing their seeing them lose at the start of the season yeah my hatred I, with john henry goes way back yeah you want to talk about it a little bit <laughs> well i mean it just goes back to like ah oh my god there's just so many stuff that he's really just completely goofed yeah no and i mean i see all this stuff with him and you know, I, I frankly think he, he we paid... win as Red Sox fans despite John Henry. That's all. That's oh, what yeah. I leave it with. No, we do win despite John Henry. And I don't know. I think that, you know, when it comes to when it comes to Henry, he cares more about his soccer team than, than he does about the Red Sox. I think at this point, I, th- I think that's a I think that'd be a fair assessment to yeah. say, which does anger me that because because I'm just like, dude, like just sell the team at this point. Like you, you already yeah, sell, sell it out. Right. Just to LeBron. Yeah. Well. <laughs> you really want to get me pissed off but then do that but you know i don't know it's just been it's just been such a struggle to see to see with these guys and i don't know i i wish that they, i wish that henry could pay a little more attention to the red sox uh but you know 
when it comes to the Super League, I was seeing John Henry face this backlash, and I was like, I was like, I was like, honestly, not hating it, <laughs> not hating <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, it's just weird. I mean, it's pretty much fallen off as most of the teams have pretty much withdrawn as soon as the well, as soon FIFA, as it was like, yeah, as soon as like, everyone, yeah, if you guys join this, you can't join the World Cup. None of your players can play in the World Cup, and, and all the players, and, yeah, and all the players, people really completely forget to see this as soccer, despite you know like being as uh from the usa like we don't really see it that much yeah. it's a worldwide sport oh, all of europe yeah. all of africa like, oh it's it's all of it, south it dominates. america it dominates. it dominates in the entire aspect of the world and while everyone watches the world cup that's why it's called the world cup the <laughs> yeah. literal teams like you can have like germany and like um australia play each other it's just really cool to see that from that aspect and well go usa women's team but like <laughs> uh yeah you'll never see the u.s win in uh u.s the uh, soccer against everyone around the world but it'll mostly be germany because yeah. they're amazing but, oh yeah no they're just they're just yeah insane. i mean it really just shows you as you were going back to well it's not even like the fans are mad of it it's pretty much you can look at it as like the world was pretty much mad of it the world of soccer yeah like and that that was what was shocking to me just because just to see that kind of backlash from soccer fans because usually you know Usually, that usually you you lay a finger on them and they and they go crying. So, you know, just to see this, just to see this kind of a really ferocious backlash was surprising to me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, crazy, but uh, but yeah, uh, but no. So then, finally, uh, you know, in NBA news, which we want to get into. Thank you for bringing up the Super League. That was something I did want to talk about on this show, but I but it kind of had slipped my mind just because. Yeah, my dad is a very passionate Chelsea fan. Really? So that is something is, uh, I did not know about your dad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so he Alabama football, Chelsea soccer. <laughs> Alabama football, Chelsea soccer and um no, that's pretty much all the basis. Really? <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh but yeah, no. So then in NBA news, uh you know, the MVP talks are starting to heat up and you know, this is kind of a weird year cuz you know, typically you do have kind of a lead guy that, you know, is leading the charge like, you know, for the past 2 years he had Giannis where it was just where it was like, all right, he's just going to win it. We we know it. Like you can talk about like the second place guys, but Giannis was just clear ahead. And then for Harden, he was ahead for a little bit too. Russell Westbrook when he won it was a very was a very clear consensus thing even though Harden was kind of in the mix there too, but Russ averaged a triple double. It was insane. So it so the case was there the case was made for him yeah uh this year it's kind of an interesting case because a lot of people were thinking it would be lebron uh to do it and, and he was gonna be the guy but he ends up getting injured and he's you know he's kind of now kind of falling out of the race a little bit and people are now trying to figure out who is going to be the mvp this year i spoke when i spoke with adam alita he he liked uh he liked Jokic for mvp yeah sure but i think it's going to be joel yeah I, 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 I like think joel's pretty much the clear front Outrunner deserves it. Yeah, I think it could go to Jokic. Yeah, I think it could. Jokic is great. I think it's Embiid for sure. Embiid overall is single-handedly pretty much carrying the Sixers. Yeah. uh, yeah, same I, way as uh, Kuzma is single handedly. <laughs> he is single handedly carrying them. Um, and and you know, while while I think that Embiid definitely has a case, I think Jokic uh, could also build his stock based on the fact that Jamal Murray's now out, and you know he's going to have to be that lead guy now. He's being the man. Yeah, so I think that is definitely Denver. a big advantage for him. Yeah, I mean that definitely is. But uh, I really do think it's Joel. I mean, if you really have been watching, I've been for whatever reason seeing a lot of Sixers games this year. Yeah. And yeah, I don't really know why. Just kind of been popping up a lot. Yeah. So I've been watching a bunch of Sixers games and yeah, Embiid's pretty dominant. Mm. And um, other than him, I guess you could say Giannis, but mm-hmm. Giannis is, well. Giannis is just doing his thing this year. It's, not, doing it's, his it's, thing. it's, it's not, nothing spectacular, yeah. but he'll probably get mentioned. He'll probably know, get mentioned for it. Uh, but, you know, some other names I wanted to mention with it is, you know, frank, frankly, if I think the fans could do it and there's like a people's champion, I, I'd like to see Chris Paul get the recognition for what he's done with the Phoenix Suns this year. I mean, the Chris Paul effect has been in full swing and has been in full swing in the desert this Definitely. year. I mean, you know, Chris I, Paul, man, is really, he really is an underrated player. I mean, people look at him. But if you look, he's turned that entire Suns fr- yeah. franchise around. Like what he's been able to do with them is remarkable. I mean, you could also say uh, Aiden also has emerged as a really good player. Yeah. Oh, oh no, and I'm I'm not discounting those other guys in the Suns like like uh, Aiden and Booker. I'm not discounting what they can do. Booker's kind of overrated now. I think, <laughs> though, but people have underrated him for so long. I feel like he's kind of getting a little overrated. Really? I really do think he's a little overrated. Really? How come? Because people for the longest time was like, oh, look at Devin Booker, look at Devin Booker, look at Devin Booker. And now everyone's looking at him. Now everyone's looking at him. 
I feel like there's a little too much lights on him and he's okay. going down a little bit. Okay, yeah. Personally, you know, that's just a hot take. But. Okay. That, that, that's, an, that's an interesting take. I think that – I think he still is getting discredited. I mean, it took an injury for him to even get into an all-star game this year. I think that's he faced a lot true. of backlash like that. Uh, but that but that is an interesting take that I get from you there. I think that Chris Paul definitely deserves some praise for what he's been able to do with this franchise. Another guy I look at, too, is Steph Curry. Uh, definitely. You know, you know, he's he's def- been outrageous. He's, you know, he's on a tear right now. Yeah, and I mean, this is – I mean, I'm – this is kind of reminding me of the hype that Steph Curry had around him, like around like back in 2015, 16. I mean, back in back then, like Steph Curry was the world when it came to basketball. He was the face of basketball. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, you know, for, you know, LeBron James, you know, was technically like the guy, but Steph Curry was literally as changed. Literally, that was like at the point when he was changing the game and where everyone said, all right, what well, we're off to shoot threes now. Cause yeah, I mean, with Steph, I mean, with Steph and, you know, Clay too, but what Steph mostly did, you know, it, you know, that, that was like him at the, I had like the peak of like the hype around him. Yeah. And you see the stats about him uh missing. Like if he misses the next four hundred like uh like three pointers, he'll still have like a higher three pointer percentage than Re- Reggie Miller. It, it's insane. It's crazy. He legitimately is, you can say I think it's taken me a long time to say this, but I think you can officially say Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. I, I I think you have to put I think you have to put it into perspective now. I was holding out a long time with Ray Allen and guys like Reggie Miller too. I was holding out for such a long time. Even Larry Bird, you know, ha- even Larry Bird was able just to because down of the three. percentage of like high shot, like high percentage shots. Exactly. And you can even blame Steph Curry for the reason why we see uh, college basketball games. No one takes two pointers. Everyone's shooting threes. Exactly. And I mean, you, you see, and you know, you, even you could have given it to Ray Allen for his like cl- for his kind of clutchness and stuff like that too. But I think at this point you got to give it to Steph Curry. He's yeah, the, he's the greatest. He has so much other other than you know just the uh, being known as a three pointer. He also has crazy good dribble moves. He's. I mean before I mean before you before before Steph Curry's three was uh before that was his big story. You know the big thing with Steph Curry was always uh he had an amazing floater. Like his floater is a is like an amazing part of yeah, his game. Yeah, it's a perfect touch. It's it's an amazing touch and that gets that gets looked over so many times when it comes to Steph Curry's game. Uh you know, people are now starting like because this hype is starting to get up here now and scan cuz Steph is older, he's been in the league for a couple more years now. People are trying to people are trying to are wondering is it fair to say that he is is he is would it be fair to call him the greatest point guard of all time? No. Yeah. I don't think it's yet. Who would you still go with? You, you still going with Stockton, Jerry West, like who I think with? I think Stockton and what he did with the jazz mm. i think he still has priority yeah you know based as him being a true yeah point guard mm. so i mean like i mean stuff can still pass it and do that stuff too yeah but stockton as, as, like as the, a tradition a true traditional you look at point guard you think of the position yeah. you think of stockton you don't think of steph curry because mm-hmm. he's he steph curry is not a pass first guy Steph yeah. Curry can dribble down the court and just drain a three. Yeah, Paul, he doesn't even he doesn't even need to dribble down the court. He can just drain from wherever. <laughs> yeah, he can literally take two dribbles and shoot it and probably make it. Yeah, most probably. Of the time. And here's the thing, I, I like while it took me a while to get him on the point of greatest shooter of all time, it's still that's still kind of the situation for me about calling him the greatest point guard of all time. You know, I if think if I was making I, a fantasy team, like you say, like of all time, like greatest players. I wouldn't necessarily think I would need him because you're gonna you can have other great scores in other positions. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at it. Because think, you have Stockton who can get the ball virtually anywhere on the court. As you can also have like big dominant guys like a Shaq or like a LeBron James or like yeah. even have a Kobe or a Larry Bird if you want to play all bigs. Like oh yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that like people don't really realize if you're gonna make an all time team, yeah. like not everyone needs to be able to score. You need to kind of have it as role positions. Like mm-hmm. that's why the Bulls were great. You looking back and all the great teams. They had people who played the roles the way they were supposed to be played. No, I agree with you there. I in while well, I was making that case about him that I don't think I can make that case right now. I I mean, you just look at the trajectory like this and you know, when when it came to guys like a, like a LeBron, I think eventually like, you know, eventually, you know, the game like those minutes will start to take off toll on him like when it, when it did with other athletes like that. Kobe, he even he even was starting to kind of fall apart before the end of it all. You know, he had that terrible Achilles injury. Yeah, he played like what, 22 games? Like he didn't I mean, play a lot in his final season. Yeah, I mean, he with Steph though, I mean I mean, you know, while while he is a very athletic player, you know, I don't know how much I don't know how much like age and stuff like that is gonna have a factor how on old this stuff. No, he's thirty three, but he's 33. but even with that though, 
I mean, maybe, maybe he won't be as fast as the guy, but you know, frankly, I don't think that, I don't think with age that shot's going to necessarily go. I think, I, I don't think it is either. I don't think that, I don't think it is. So it make so it's kind of scary to, to be like, how long could Steph Curry really stay around the NBA for? Could he stay around another 10 years and just be a, and like, even eventually, even and more turn into a spot yeah, up shooter. Yeah. Type even guy. if he, even if he, even if he came just like a, like a, just a, just a, just a shooter type in that, and he just, that was his only role. You know, I think he has a chance to even just be that, you know, towards the very end of his career. He still has a very promising, you know, couple of years left. Uh, but, you know, but, you know, I think by the end, he definitely, if he continues at this pace where, you know, he's just blowing other guys out of the out of the water in terms of numbers. I think he definitely has a case to be to be the greatest point guard. If by the end of it, by the end of it all right now, I can't make that concession. But if I would he, say but he if he was, he's if he was probably the, the greatest scoring point guard of all. Time. Well, that, that's without question. I think no by question, the, but... I think that by the end of it though, if he continues, I mean, look at the pace, assist leader. Who's at the top? Is that Stockton? Yeah, yeah. I about to say, <laughs> I about to say, <laughs> I about to say, it's probably Stockton. But you know, frankly, I think that I think that if he was to continue on this pace, he's. 100 percent gonna it's definitely gonna be a hard hard uh it's definitely gonna be hard to keep him off that list I, i'd just say that yeah i i definitely say he's in the top five mm. but i think uh later down the line he'll probably eventually same thing happened you know with me i'll probably give up my little grudge i have i mean i i mean i love stockton too i'm not i'm not i'm not discounting what stockton did stockton stockton was a beast i'm not i'm not discounting that but I'm just, but I'm just saying, like, where this is going with Steph Curry. I mean, you, yeah, you, exactly. You look, at, you look at like forty point three. The real thing like, is, is is it going to continue it? Is yeah, it going to continue? That's what I'm it? saying. Yeah. And frankly, it it doesn't look like it's something where athleticism needs to be his like needs to be his crutch. It looks like as long as like he his, like I can barely dunk. I mean. Yeah, as long as his shot doesn't, you know, as long as like he doesn't end up like getting the yips with his shot or anything goes wrong, it looks like Steph Curry is going to be around for a very long time. Yeah, I agree definitely, and um. That's a scary part too, is that he really has nowhere to go but up. Yeah, and finally, before we do end up going down to the wire, uh, you know, Wanda just get, wanted to just address this really quickly. Uh, you know, very sad story out of Boston. Uh, to, out of Boston, you know, last night, Terrence Clark, a former Kentucky Wildcat, uh, re- it was recently announced that he passed away in a tragic car accident. Uh, really sad story. Local kid, you know, a lot. Of, I was seeing a lot of people around here. I saw one. Saw one kid I know. He he was posting a highlights of of seeing him like live. Uh, and it's really it's it's definitely a very sad thing to see. I mean, he was eligible for the NBA draft this year. I guess one day ago, he just signed with his agent and declared. So it's a very tragic thing to see. I, I guess his stock had fallen a little bit, but you know, it's definitely a very sad sight to see. I hope that the NBA does find a way to honor him in this year's draft. I hope he. I hope the league does something where they did with where, what they did with an Isaiah Austin, where they where they ceremoniously draft him in the NBA because. It's a, it, that was a, that was a very sad story. I I sorry to kind of end things on kind of a somber note, but I did want to address this. Yeah, no, I mean he was a great player, even greater person. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know him personally, no, but uh, a I couple didn't. of my friends actually uh, played with him, and he was just you know all around good guy. He yeah. went up to Brewers Academy at uh Brewster, yeah, Brewster. Um, same place where uh, Jalen Leclue went. He's in the NBA now, I think, mm-hmm. on the Suns. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's really tragic and people really um, take advantage and you really, you know, you need to kind of just puts everything in perspective and counting your blessings and knowing that even like getting home every night is really just, you know, a blessing and it's really scary and thoughts and prayers definitely to the family. Absolutely. We we wish him the best. We hope he rests in peace. Uh, but you know, did want to cover on that. We we wish the best for the Clark family and all that and all them going on there with with this debt, with this troubling uh with this troubling news. Yeah. Uh, but we but we did so I did want to address that. But with it without being without further ado, we are now down to the wire, which means we're, we're going to go through everything we talked about in this show. We will let you guys enjoy your weekend. Uh, so we started things off here on this show talking about Tom Brady uh, chiming in on the on the NFL jersey on the new NFL jersey rules. He was really pissed off about it. Uh, tonight today's episode is actually going to be titled "A Game in Numbers." So yeah. I figure that's a very appropriate title for Brady today. Uh, it was just very interesting, very interesting story with him. I don't know what to say, uh, but you know. I, just be very interesting to see how he adapts to this rule. I I'm gonna be very intrigued to see how to see how he adapts. We talked about that as well as you know how players are gonna to have to pay a pretty penny if they want to if they do want to end up changing their numbers as well as uh, the Colts reaching out to Andrew Luck before before pulling the trigger on the Carson Wentz deal. In MLB news, we talked about MLB the show finally coming to Xbox and the and the sigh of relief that Xbox fans around the world are are finally having. I'm so pumped that I have this game now. I cannot wait to play against you with that. 
you will see me on there tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll be playing that. We also talked about Garrett Richards officially being the new punching bag of Red Sox Nation, as well as the extra, as well as uh, giving our thoughts on the extra inning rule around Major League Baseball. Go Sox. Go Sox, obviously. In boxing and UFC news, we talked about Jake Paul knocking out Ben Askren in the first round of their of their fight last Saturday. Uh, we, and we also we also spoke on Kamara Usman versus Masvidal two happening happening tomorrow, and we also talked about Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather happening in June. Yes, and cannot um, wait to see those fights. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Uh, in in then in we also talked about the uh, you know kind of impromptu. We talked about the European Super League, uh, you know, falling apart very quickly. It was a very big news for about a week. It was a it, there was a big rise and fall of of the European Super League. It came as quick as it left as quick as it came. Uh, so, you know, RIP to the Super League. Apparently no one ever loved you. Uh, but then we ended. <laughs> yeah. But then we ended things off in NBA news, talking about who we who we liked for MVP, as well as talking about our thoughts on Steph Curry. And once again, giving uh, sending our thoughts and prayers out to Terrence Clark and his family. We wish them the best. Uh, but we will be back here on Wednesday to break down all everything going on with UFC 261 and, you know, give our give our review on, of that fight. Steve Mushroom will be on the show. At least I hope at least I hope to have him on to, to discuss all this. Uh, but from but if you guys haven't followed us yet, you can follow us on our you can follow down to the wire on Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple Gang. I'm so sorry for y'all, but you can't. But if you but if you need to watch it, you can watch it on you can watch it on YouTube. So it's there for you when we're on radio. You can follow us on WJMF 88.7 HD two Smithville, Providence or wjmfradio.com that's when we are live you can also follow us on facebook but the main hub to access to access us through is our instagram it's at it's at down dot to the wire again at down dot to the wire you can find us there john thank you so much for coming on the show again man i really appreciate it it was a uh, it was great it was great having you on of course i always uh i always love to get on the pod and yeah. uh pretty much uh talk about sports you know like me and him did back in the day yeah but uh with any further ado we hope you guys have an amazing weekend uh and and we will see you guys next one day when next wednesday uh from down to the wire i'm brian costa and i'm john warren thank you guys take care everyone